Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. And I hear this, and you've probably heard this as well. You know, us Aussies, okay, well, what does it look like, us Aussies? Because that's changing, like, all the time. If you go to certain uh, uh, capital cities or certain towns, us Aussies looks way different than in another town, yet we're all Aussies. Even me, you go, oh, you don't sound like an Aussie. Exactly, what does us Aussies mean? Uh, Us Italians, Uh, us Christians. Well, what does it mean? If we were to take a snapshot of us, what would it look like? I I think sometimes people take selfies of events and things, and I I think that's wonderful. It's like a freeze frame in in a moment of time, and you can look at that, and you go, okay, we've captured something in time, but the truth about most of us in society, even this country, is it's in flux. It's changing all the time. The church is changing all the time. This church is changing all the time. Every time a person comes into this church and becomes part of us and others that leave and are not part of us, everything changes. There's no snapshot that's going to take a picture of us so that we're frozen in time, and I don't believe we should be. I think it's a healthy thing that the church is in flux and it's fluid almost, and it's like a river moving through society, and that people can still become part of us. Now, one of the challenges that I've found anyway, is when you're new to a a particular group of people, and I don't know if you've ever traveled to another country, Uh, most of us probably have, airfare is fairly cheap these days, whether it's a, you know, a holiday to Bali or whatever, Uh, but you'll find that when you land there, you're in another culture, there's another language, there's a whole different menu, Uh, people look different depending on where you're going. And us becomes different. And the fact is that you become them. You're no longer us. Like right here, you're probably feeling like, I kind of feel like part of us because there's enough people here uh, represented and we, we, you know, we're not like one congruent uh, culture where we all look the same. This room is a pretty diverse place. But how do you make them us? In this morning's message, This Is Us, it's the culmination of a whole series that we've done. I've been so happy to, uh, you know, preach that, and and it's been such a joy to celebrate a whole month of 30 years, This Is Us. But it begs the question, who is us? And if somebody's not part of us, I guess that makes them them. (laughs) So who is them, and how do we make them part of us? And that's, that's a great question, and we're going to look at that this morning. This is us as we celebrate 30 years. I want you to go with me over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. If you're a Christian and you've been a Christian for any length of time and you've never read chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, well, shame on you. It's called the Great Faith Chapter. And uh, I, I love chapter 11. It starts off with now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, so if you can see it, it's not faith, and faith without hope is, 
well, it's not faith. Faith has to have hope. Hope is an essential ingredient for that. So there has to be something of the future that faith grabs a hold of, brings it into the now. And that's why it says faith is now. And, and it turns something of a dream, something that's immaterial out there into something that is material, substance. And so as you walk that out, and that's, it's a great chapter and it's a great testimony. It goes through uh, all the heroes of faith, different people that did different things. And then it hits upon the father of our faith. His name is Abraham. And Abraham lived in a place called Ur of the Chaldeans. They worshiped the moon. I don't know what they did with the moon worship. I don't know how far they went with that, whether they, you know, got out on full moons and started howling at it. I really don't know. Uh, but it's pretty weird anyway. And that's what they did. And God delivered him out of that. And God gives him a great commission, and it's the same great commission, really, that we pick up on today, that uh, your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars of the sky. You're, they'll be as numerous as the sand on the sea, so that we can understand that on the Sunshine Coast, because we don't always see the stars of the sky. It rains a lot. Sunshine Coast, get it? So, uh, but we can see the sand. And, and he says, this is how numerous... That, that, that your descendants are going to be. And then he gives the commission to Abraham and Sarah. He says, in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Not cursed. I'm not sending you to bring an argument to the nations. I'm sending you out with a commission to bless the nations. These people are not blessed. These Canaanites and Moabites and Amorites and all the other rites, they're not blessed. They're doing some hideous things, and, and I love them so much that I want to send you to go out there that in every nation that you go, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, that is the Great Commission today. We are to go into all the world and, and preach the good news. The gospel is the good news. It's not the finger pointing argument. You're going to burn in hell and God hates you news. It's the good news. It's the great news. That's why we call it Good Friday when it's Good Friday that he went to the cross and he took all of our sin and shame and, and, and sickness and disease and all of it on himself on the cross. How much is the love of God? How great is that love? How good is that news? And so Abraham and Sarah were to go out and they did. They went out, and the nations did not receive them. They went into the land that ultimately Israel, after wandering for 40 years, backsliding, being in Egypt, they went into that land, and, and the people there, the Canaanites, did not receive them. They did not receive the blessing. And, and that's been the history of Israel and it's the history of the church today. In every single nation, if people only knew that we are ambassadors for Christ, that we are bearers of the good news, that we are the ones that bring the Savior into the world, not the condemner. He came to save. He said not to condemn the world, but to save the world, to bring the good news, heaven on earth. My goodness, how good is that? And so they go into, uh, he goes into Hebrews chapter 11 and verse uh, 8 to 16. And let's read this. We're talking about this is us. and says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go, do you know that we're called to go just like he was? He was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance. He did not receive it immediately. Sometimes we want everything fast, don't we? If it doesn't happen like right now, 
And we're celebrating 30 years. Believe me, it's been a long 30 years. <sighs> I had to take a break. 30 <sighs> long years. My hair's turned white over 30 years. I can't run like I used to run. <laughs> it's like been a long 30 years. And, and he goes to a place where he will later receive as an inheritance. I don't want to talk about inheritances now. I don't want to talk about later receiving something. Faith is now. Now faith is. And I want it now. But Abraham and Sarah were called to go to a place they would later receive as an inheritance. They obeyed and they went. And I'm so thankful that you obeyed and you went. Even though, there's a lot of even those in the Bible. Even though, and I love this, even though he did not know, it rhymes. Don't you love it when Scripture rhymes? Even though he did not know. <laughs> I, I, when we first started City Church in 1989, on this pretty well this date, 30 years ago, what I didn't know that I know now. I, I, I had a word from God. God only gives you the first step until you take the second step step or the next step. He usually doesn't give you like the, what steps next, God? Well, that's for a later date. That's your inheritance later on, you know. Take the next step. And so walking in what I did know, we called the church originally Sunshine with an O, S-O-N-S-H-I-N-E, Sunshine Fellowship. I thought it was clever. But government people and people that were filling out forms in the banks and people that weren't Christians didn't get it. And they kept changing the O to a U. And then they kept pronouncing it different. They'd say, sunshine? Is that the sunshine? And then I even had somebody criticize us because it was called fellowship, that we were a men's group or something, sexist. And all, all, I'm like, really? I never got that. I never thought, I, I don't think that deep, that far ahead. So we changed the name, of course. And, uh, but when we first started it, the, the, the only thing I had to walk in was I just knew that I want to empower people to prosper in the things of God. So I walked in that with individuals. If, if I was on your case, get ready to get blessed. That's all I can say. Whatever it is that, that you need, he supplies it. So if you're sick, I'm going to lay my hands on you and believe for you to get better. If you're broke, I'm going to believe for you to get a job. You know, whatever it is, your marriage, the first family, the first couple rather that came into the church were on the brink of divorce. Somebody had, uh, you know, called us. Could you meet with them? And that was our first family. So we, we put their, helped them get their marriage back together. We prayed a lot. We just, you know, continue to pray all the way through. But all I knew and what I knew was just empower people to prosper in God. And so that's what I walked in. Never thought about nations and all, all, all the other things until later on, until God says, open your eyes, this is something bigger now. But you got to start somewhere, wherever you're at right now. You know, the Bible says this, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Every time you can plant a seed, it's just a seed. It's, it's so insignificant. It's, it seems so small. It's, it, what, what is that ever going to become? It'll become something really great in the kingdom of God if that seed is the word of God and God has called you to plant that thing. Water that with your prayers and believe that. And keep on going with it because whatever's great and whatever's small, only God can tell. And so uh, we, we did that. We walked in what we knew. And it says, even though he did not know where he was going, that was me for sure. And Gail. In verse 9, and by faith he made his home 
in the promised land. You know, sometimes you have to live in the promises of God. The, the, the Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, it's about living in the promises. It's about what has God promised you in His Word. There are so many promises in the Bible. Like, the Bible's loaded with promises of all kinds. Get a hold of those promises and live in the promise, even when, even when your circumstances and what you see don't line up. Always side with God and live in that promise. Live as if it's true. Hold on to that promise that God gives you something called faith to hold on to that and bring that into reality. And it says here, it says he obeyed. He didn't know where he's going and he, he lived in the promise. And then this next, this next part of this chapter says, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did his kids Isaac and Jacob. They were all heirs with him of the same promise. That really caught me. Like a stranger in a foreign country. Well, that was me and still is to some degree. The accent still never changes, really. <laughs> as soon as I meet somebody, where are you from? It's like, okay, here I go again. Uh, somebody asked my son uh, where he was from. He was working in Seattle. They said, oh, what part of England are you from? And he, he's kind of got over the question. He says, uh, from the deep south, from the southern part of England. They go, where? where? He goes, the deep south of England. <laughs> so, you know, they couldn't differentiate between an Aussie accent and, and an English accent. We say, that's, that's so silly. Well, no, it's reality. And, uh, but, you know, if you've been a stranger in a foreign country, you know what I'm talking about. You're them. They're us. And you're always going to be them to some people. You're never going to be us. And I believe that one of the great challenges of City Church, this church, one of the greatest challenges that we have is to see them from all the different nations that are coming to us become us so that we don't differentiate and have a us and them deal going on. Sometimes them that comes don't know Jesus. They really are a stranger in another country. They don't talk Christianese. They talk sin. That's what sinners do. They sin. Builders build. Sinners sin. Bakers bake. Sinners sin. That's what they do really good. And so they are them, but the challenge is, can you become part of us? Or are we, us, an exclusive club, and there's us four and no more, no room for anybody else? Uh, us has different customs, culture, and language to them. Them has different customs, culture, and language to us. But if you've ever been in another country, you know sometimes it's really hard to understand because it's like that language you're speaking. I, I don't get it. And they can have whole conversations. They could be talking about ripping you off, and you'll, you'll never know unless you get an interpreter. And, and sometimes we're, we're misunderstood when we open our mouth or we we have a gesture, I know, with the Arabs, and, uh, you know, we've become very good friends with some Saudi Arabians. Like, they always serve with the right hand. If they're serving coffee, it's always with the right hand, never with the left hand. And so you would always pick one. If you're not from there, if you're serving coffee with your left hand, you definitely are not from uh, that part of the world. That's a custom that they have. And, and if you're from outside of that country, outside of that custom, you're likely to, to do something that's, that, that's going to make you misunderstood. And the challenge of our church as we grow and, and as God began to really unpackage the vision of our church to grace the nations, uh, to take his, his power, his 
favor, the divine favor of God, the divine enablement of God so that we could do what we can't do without God, that we could take this to the nations of the world as we begin to open our eyes and we could see, man, there's a lot of stars in the sky and, and sand on the sea, and this is a lot bigger than just empowering one person or two people. It's, it's extending a lot further than that, but how can we do that and not be misunderstood? How can we understand the people that are coming in and bring them to, into us and not treat them as them? And so where us and them meet, strangers in a foreign country is where we start. Different culture, different language. You know what it's like. Simple things, even trying to find your way around if you're in, in another country, it's, it's very difficult because you don't speak that language. And people that come in here that are not... Yet following, I say yet because I, I just treat it like that. You're not yet following Christ. I don't call him, oh, you're just a sinner. You never do. No, you're not yet following Christ. One of the, one of the things God showed me uh, a couple of years ago at least, pastor people before they become Christ followers. So I treat everybody in my world as if I'm their pastor. And they, you know what? It's amazing. People I work with in offices, back, way back when I was an accountant, uh, in Malulaba, ringing me up, questions. Uh, one guy, you know, moved off the coast, ringing me up, his marriage problems. Who does he go to? His pastor. He's not even a Christian, but I'm his pastor. I, I, am, I am not, I've, I'm a not yet person at all. You're not following Jesus yet. Not yet. But I'm going to hold out and believe that you will, and I'm going to treat you. I'm going to call things as though, be not as though they were, and I'm going to, by faith, reach out to you and love you. I'm not waiting for you to become us, and then I'm going to treat you as them. You are now, in my, in my thinking, I'm going to treat you as if you already are. And it's amazing how God anoints that. And so misunderstanding and being misunderstood, if you've ever been to another country, you know what I'm talking about when you are them and they don't get you. And, 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 and because you're them, you don't get the us that are in that country that you're, that you're in. I remember once I went to uh, preach originally on the way over here, and they sent me, uh, it was in Fiji, and I went to the Yasawa Islands that where the movie Blue Lagoon was filmed. And they sent me up over this, uh, to these outer islands. They had like a little mountain range, not mountains really, but hills. And I hiked up there and uh, pretty amazing. Anyway, I came down the trail and uh, I thought there were wild pigs that were going to kill me and all kinds of stuff. And I got to the village and I was them. Us was waiting there to greet me. And when I met the us's as the them, they treated me like a special guest. And they had a video player, a TV, and a gen power generator. And they had one video. That was it. Some missionary had left a television and a VCR and a power generator. And because I was them and I was coming into the group called Us, I uh, was the special guest. And so they sat me down and they said, We've got a face, which we did, and it was like I was like treated like royalty, honestly. And then in front of this, this television screen, they had a special seat just for me. They only had one video that they played over and over again. And they thought that the Westerners watched this kind of thing. This is what Western people do. They, they watch the videos like this one over and over and over again. And so I'm thinking, I wonder what video that it is. Well, 
It was the Jane Fonda aerobics workout video. <laughs> and up, and up, and up. And now we're going to tighten your buttocks. No, and up, and out, and out. And they were mesmerized. They were laughing. They thought, this is entertainment, man. This is what Western people do. I was roaring, but there was nobody else to share it with. I was the only them. There weren't enough of us to be there for the moment. But it was a classic moment, believe me. You're different. You misunderstood. But there's a journey from them to us, but it's very awkward at times. If you've come into this church, I hope it's not too awkward for you to become part of us. I hope that it's not too awkward. I hope that we extend ourselves, walk across rooms, and, and learn about your culture, and love your culture, and love you, more importantly, introducing you to Jesus if you already know him. I hope we, we, we embrace you as if you are Jesus here at City Church. We don't want us and them, but there's a journey for the thems that come in that's often awkward. But the good news, it's possible for them to become us without us becoming them. Verse 10. This is uh, again back in Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. In other words, God, give us a city. Give us a place. Give us a church where we can all be one. A city where the lion lays down with the lamb. Father, I, I thank you for a church where people are accepted, where we don't have a us and them thing going on, where we can walk together and, and, and understanding, and where we can do something great together without isolating and dividing and, and, and looking at people as foreigners and strangers. Give us a place where we can all be one. Verse 11, and by faith, even Sarah, it says, who was past childbearing age, she was like 90, uh, she, enabled, she was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. You know, in the natural, uh, it's like it's impossible, I'll be honest with you. I look at things and I think, ah, oh, it's not going to happen. That's never happened. Pe you know, people are people. They're not going to get it. There's always going to be us and them. Like, just, just get, get used to it. Just go ahead and, you know, and, and just be us and exclude them. And, and, and don't try to get people together. And, and, and it looks impossible. But I've got a problem with that because I have to consider him. I have to consider him who is faithful. If God's not faithful in bringing this to pass, then what kind of God is he? Friends, our God is faithful. He is full of faith. It's Christ in you that's the hope of glory, not your flesh and not some program or some other deal. It's Christ in you that is the only hope of glory. And she considered that even though it was past the time of having kids, it wasn't possible for her to have that. I look at our church, I think 30 years. If we were, People would say, if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. Not really. I'm sure people would have said that to Sarah and to Abraham. But they looked, even though they didn't receive it right then and there. It was an instant. They believed. They stood their ground. They, they had faith with patience. It's the same God that made the promise to Sarah and Abraham that 30 years uh, later is still holding true to the promise made to us that we will grace the nations. In fact, we are. That we are raising generations to reach nations, and we will and we are gracing, taking the divine favor of God to the nations. 
God is faithful to the nations. Verse 12. And so from this one man, and he is good as dead. He was a lot older than I am right now. Put another 30 years on my life and you pretty well, even then you don't quite have his age. He's as good as dead. Came descendants as numerous, I love this, as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Don't ever underestimate the power of a seed. Don't you ever underestimate the power of God's promise that he gave you. Don't ever underestimate how full of faith our God is to fulfill those promises. Don't you ever, ever, you can underestimate me, I'm just a man. You can underestimate the person behind you, the person in front of you, the person uh, on either side. They're just human beings. But don't ever underestimate the power of God's promises and God's seed. Give God a hand clap. Come on, church. Verse 13, and these people were still living by faith when they died. Isn't that awesome? When they died, they were still living by faith. They did not receive the things promised. Isn't that heartbreaking? Abraham and Sarah, they didn't receive the things promised in their lifetime, but they held on to the promise. I'm sure people mocked, made fun of them. It's the same thing they did with Noah and the same thing they do with everybody that's holding on to a promise in your life. You might be sitting here right now and you're holding on to the promise of having a child, but so far, you know, you haven't been able to get pregnant or like us, we lost some children, you know, along the way. But man, we held on to the promise. We're holding on to the promises of God. God is good. God has promised it. It shall come to pass. Maybe you're here and you haven't found a job and you're looking for something you know, call work, and you just haven't been able to get there yet. But hold on to the promise. God is faithful. They did not receive the promise, and they died having not received the promise. That's what faith is really all about. And I love this. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They were they on planet earth. They were not part of the us that were celebrating the sin that they were in, worshiping the moon or whatever. They were they. They were they that came with a different message. They were they that came with the promises of God. They were they that worshiped the only true and living God and didn't bow to the moon and to other idols and other gods. They were they that came to preach to they uh, in these other lands and they came as strangers and they came as foreigners and they brought something from God so that people from all over the planet could call us where God says, come on, be part of us, be part of my family. These people that were strangers and foreigners, they left their country. In verse 14, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. Do you know, if you're here from another country, you may have come here because it's a better way of life than it was where you came from, but I don't believe that's the real reason that you're here. And as we're talking about this is us this morning, we're celebrating 30 years I believe there's a greater reason, if you haven't discovered uh, yet, I believe that you will. That there is something even higher than, hey, Australia is a great place. They accept people from other countries. Oh, Australia, you can get a house. That's great. You get a job. That's great. They have good sewerage here. They have 
power. It doesn't cut out every five seconds. They got good roads, good traffic lights. You're not going to get killed, hopefully, walking down the street here on the Sunshine Coast. I would hope that there's a far higher calling that God will open your eyes. If you've arrived here in City Church, my friend, this morning, even on our 30-year celebration, I would pray, and I've been praying, that God would open your eyes that there is a higher reason for you to be looking for a country other than just the blessings outwardly of that country. They, didn't, they, they who say such things show they're looking for a country of their own. Verse 15, if they had been thinking of the country they had left... They would have had opportunity to return. Boy, did I have opportunity to return to my home country. I loved it. To be honest with you, I was living in San Diego. Time I got saved. Great city. Great food. Great people. Great culture. Great churches. I didn't come here because, oh, you know, I'm going to go somewhere because San Diego sucks. Now, San Diego's a great place. But, had I been thinking only uh, of my old life in San Diego and the nice fish tacos that I could get a hold of and, uh, you know, the, the, the wonderful places in, in that city and my friends that I, that I left and my sports that I left that I grew up with that you probably don't like, but I did because I grew up with it. If I had been thinking about those things, I would and I did have opportunity to go back. Thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. I'm speaking to somebody this morning, and you are here, and you have not yet discovered that you are here on purpose. God has sent you here into this place during this time, into this church, my friend. You are Abraham and Sarah, yeah. You are here because God has called you to be here. You are not here. By accident. And don't you think about beating a path back to where you came from. I don't care what demon tells you to go back where you came from. You are here on a mission. And the harder it gets, the more God will reinforce that message to you. That this is where you belong. And this is the place where you put your stake. And this is the church that you need to be in. And God will bless you. If you go back and think about your old life, you're going to miss the blessing that God has brought for you. Imagine if Abraham and Sarah would have thought about Going back, where would we be today? Imagine if the children of Israel, when they did think about going back to Egypt, they're, they're building mud buildings and things for Pharaoh, getting beaten and, and rationed and everything else. And then they get out in the wilderness there, and they start to remember the, the onions and the leeks that they ate back in Egypt. Oh, those were the days. Now all we're getting is quail and manna. I don't know what quail manna, well, quail I've had, but man, I don't know what it tastes like, but it's got to be better than leeks and onions, for goodness sakes. It's got to be better than getting your back ripped open and, and, and beaten and being a slave. And yet they, the, the, the memory, the fond memory became greater than the reality that they were walking into and they couldn't cross over into the real promises. God, God has something, a real promise for you. Not, a, not, not something that's equal to what you came out of, but something that is far greater, a city whose builder and maker is God. God's got something amazing. Imagine if they would have gone back to being Chaldeans and worshiping the moon. Imagine if foreigners never came to our country. Just imagine that for a moment. I do because I like to eat. The Italians never came. We wouldn't have Italian. The Indians never came. Boy, do I like an Indian 
Give me a Land Rogan Josh, baby. Imagine if the Indians never came. What would the coast look like? Imagine if the people from Thailand didn't come. Imagine if there was no Chinese, no Japanese, no sushi. Imagine if there was no Koreans. Imagine if there was no Americans. There'd be no McDonald's, no Hungry Jacks, no Pizza Hut, no Kentucky Fried Chicken. Imagine that you're clapping for that one. Yeah, I can imagine that. Well, then quit supporting it and blaming the Yanks, for goodness sakes, you hypocrite. But imagine if all the strangers and foreigners that found their way to City Church went back where they came from. I did. Do you know, we wouldn't have a whole lot of a worship team. We'd have Adrian over here playing drums. Uh, so we got a Tongan over here singing. An Englishman. Can he play? Uh, we've got... I don't know who was on this morning, but forgive me, but Jacob was a, Jacob's American playing bass over there. We got Tim that's usually up here, Junior that's up here, all from different countries. Uh, Beck, I think, is from here. So Adrian and Beck. Slade's not from here. He's a Kiwi. You know, guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we wouldn't have a car parking team. Seriously. Abraham and Sarah had to come to City Church to bring a car parking team into reality. The Aussies couldn't do it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not having to go. But you would never have a senior pastor. Somebody else would be preaching. Everybody said, amen. That would be all right. Verse 16. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he prepared a city for them. God has prepared a church called City Church so that every them can become us. Not that we're going to drop our food and our culture and quit, you know, eating the favorite food or, you know, not teaching our kids whatever language from the country that you're from. I think the smartest thing you can do is teach them along with English, teach them whatever language it is that, that you know so they can be multilingual. Uh, I think that's fantastic. And don't drop your culture. Keep your customs. As long as they line up with God, you'll keep it. I think that's a wonderful thing. But, you know, we want us to be us, all of us. We want to embrace everybody because God has brought something amazing into this church other than just the food that we celebrated all in nights. God has brought anointings. God is bringing people from all over to bless a church called City Church in a city that just needs the blessing of God, the hand of God on it. So are you prepared, City Church, to have a place in your heart for lots of them? People from far away that have come in here, faraway places, and I could name a, a lot of them, who don't, some who don't know God yet. If you're here and you still don't know God and you're making up your mind on all this, I, I still, I, I know it's easy to treat you like a them, but I, I, I want to say welcome to City Church. This is a safe place for you to ask questions, for you to learn about God, to make a quality decision as to whether you want to follow Him or believe in Him or whatever. So if you're here and we're worshiping and celebrating, you just don't get it, that's okay. Just, just 
be here, keep showing up, and, and eventually I believe God is going to touch your heart, but we're not going to treat you like them and ostracize you. We want you to become part of us and be with us, knowing that, that God is real and that God just wants to bless your life. So, yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. But it's so easy for those us's to treat everybody else like a them and not realize that God wants us's and them's to be us's together. That God wants to bless them with us. He wants to bless us with them. God wants us and them to be together so that we can truly say, this is us. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures here and then close. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 5 to 7, it says, this is a prophecy, and I believe it's for this church. But now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel. God changed His name to Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Did God not redeem us? I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I'll bring, here it is, I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west and I will say to the north give them up and to the south do not hold them back bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth and everyone who is called by my name whom I created for my glory who, for, who I formed and made you know our God is calling people from the north, from the south from the east and from the west to come here and to, be, to become part of us so that we can then bless the nation here and send people out there and people coming in here, uh, you know, blessing our lives and, and, and getting people out of sin. He's brought people from India here. I counted uh, uh, 13 that I know of that are serving in city team from India, from Africa, from Fiji, from Korea, from New Zealand, from Canada, from America, from Tonga, from the Solomons, from England. If I miss the country that you're from, forgive me, but those are the countries I just thought of off the top of my head that are part of us here at City Church, Abraham's and Sarah's called to bless this city and this world. We are walking in the vision to grace the nations right now, baby. We are walking in it right now. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. Or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.